Today on We Here, NBC has another problem on its hands with America's Got Talent. Offset was caught sliding into another woman's DMs and Cardi B was not happy about it. And why is SNL a hot spot for Hollywood romance? Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin, And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, the Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. That's true. It's Art Basel, baby. What's going it on is in Art Florida? Basel. And Maggie, I have to say, I was kind of not looking forward to this Art Basel Miami, which is the big art fair in Miami, because basically every celebrity goes down there. It was pretty big. But then it, it's turned into a thing where there are a lot of like C-listers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gotten kind of like lame. But this year, it's actually been pretty good. And part of the reason that I'm into it is that the art has actually been making headlines more than the celebrities, right? So for a few years, Art Basel was all about the big art sales. And then they kind of subsided. And then it was all about like Lenny Kravitz is hosting a party at the Delano mm-hmm. and like you know, a lot of performances, which was cool, but it wasn't about the art. But this year, it's it's really sort of more about the art than the celebrities, right? Less about Leo and what he's eyeing. Yeah, more I mean, about what's being sold. Exactly. I mean, Leo DiCaprio did show up, um, and we reported that he went out to Mega Club 11, which Ooh. is a celebrity favorite spot, till 6 a.m. He had sneaked in the back way and then was hanging out with... Kendall Jenner and a table of like 50 people, you know, stay until six in the morning. But there are more headlines about the art that are more exciting than Leo just hanging out until 6 a.m., which sort of happens, you know, at every single art Basel. Um, Like there was a banana. This actually made the front page of the New York Post that a banana duct taped to a wall um, sold for $120,000. That was the art. The best part of that is that it's titled Comedian. It's titled Comedian, and it's just a regular banana, mm-hmm. and it just is going to rot, you know. And um, you just see the banana and the duct tape, and you're like, this is a joke. But it is kind of a joke. It's by Maurizio Catalan, mm-hmm. um, who's a very big Italian artist and sort of like a prankster in the art world. You might remember he installed a gold like a solid gold toilet mm-hmm. um, at the Guggenheim yes. that people could actually use. Yes. And so it's the same artist behind that. And he was coming up with this banana and duct tape idea for like years and years and was figuring out how to create this banana and like what materials he would use. And then he said he realized that it should just be a banana. So it literally is just a banana. And there are three bananas and duct tape. I think one sold for like 200000 another sold for 120000 and there's still one available, but it's going fast because I think actually the gallerist who's showing the banana with the duct tape said that once it rots, if it doesn't sell, they'll just throw it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> so much for art being an investment. Yeah, but that – well, it also if you – if you're hungry – yeah. It's a great, I mean, it's a $120,000 snack. Keep but, a snack on the wall there um, for the taking. The only thing is also the fruit fly situation. Mm, I, I don't think this was constructed in a New York City apartment. Good point. <laughs> also at Art Basel, there's there's a thing called Kids Basel, right? It sounds like and, Kids Bop. 
Kids Bop. You know? How do you know about Kids Bop, Maggie? Uh, I know they're about on like Kids volume three hundred and eighty-seven. That's how I know about Kids Bop. I, I've spent. I've heard Is a it lot just of Kids Bop. A famous art recreated by children or what? No, no. It's actually it's original art that's created by kids as young as seven years old. And there's one twelve-year-old there who has a a painting that's for sale for seventy-five thousand dollars. Her name is Elizabeth. Oh, her name is Elizabeth Anasimo. <laughs> She's 13 years old, and she sold a piece for $12,500 that she created when she was 11. Mm. That sold at Art Basel. And then there's another artist who goes by the name Coops. Her name is Isabella Koopman. Okay, I would love to be a 15-year-old artist with a nickname like that, Coops. Like Coops. She sold four of her colorful collages for a total of $10,000. Among those was a work made out of candy wrappers with the phrase, sweet like candy, that went for $1,500. And it's totally ridiculous. I'm going to light my art school degree on fire shortly after this podcast. Yeah, Maggie, you really missed the boat. <laughs> I did. Missed the banana boat. You missed the banana boat. All right, let's get into our first story. NBC has been struggling with the fallout going on behind the scenes in America's Got Talent. After Judge Gabrielle Union was fired, more has been revealed about the show's alleged toxic culture. What is going on at this show and how did it get to this point? This is a disaster, Maggie. It's like in a matter of days, this story has snowballed into becoming such a big thing that NBC and Simon Cowell, who's the producer of the show and star, um, have brought in outside counsel and they had a meeting with Gabrielle Union for five hours. They had a five hour meeting to talk about, you know, her allegations against the show And it's just like another disaster for NBC. One thing that's actually kind of interesting is that NBC is just the distributor of this show. So America's Got Talent shoots partially on a lot that's at NBC in North Hollywood, California. But Simon Cowell's company, Psycho, is the producer of the show, right? And NBC is just the distributor. So in a weird way, NBC must just be like, I cannot believe I'm speaking of NBC is a person now. I'm NBC. I cannot believe I've been dragged into yet another scandal. Can't CBS or ABC take one of these? Somebody else take the heat. So just to backtrack, Gabrielle Union made some very serious allegations. Aside from alleging it was a toxic workplace culture, she claimed that she was given notes that her hair was too black, that Jay Leno made a joke that was offensive toward Korean people. And that Simon Cowell was smoking on the indoor set. So that paints a picture of a pretty difficult workplace culture. Right. And just to go through it, Maggie, basically Jay Leno on stage had made a joke, right, where there was a painting of Simon Cowell and Simon Cowell's dogs. And Jay Leno basically said, oh, that looks like a scene from a Korean restaurant. Gabrielle Union took offense to the joke and was worried about something airing that would be racially insensitive to viewers. So in any event, she was bringing these concerns up to NBC brass. Both of those things were edited out of the show, but she wanted to report the Jay Leno incident to human resources. Mm -hmm. And allegedly, um, Simon Cowell had gone to Gabrielle Union and said, listen, if you have issues with the show, you should come to me. Don't go to NBC. And so that was also perceived as Cowell um, possibly like covering up stuff on the show to try and Mm. keep it from the network. Right. 
Something that we've been reading a lot about is that since Gabrielle Union joined America's Got Talent, there seems to have been a rise in viewership. Well, yeah. Fans note that her social media profile, so she and Julianne Huff Mm -hmm. were both fired from the show, although NBC or sources close to NBC have said they weren't fired. They were rotated out, which is like, I don't know what that means, Mm -hmm. um, after just a year on the show. And... Fans have noted that both of their social media impressions were higher than any of the other stars on the show, like Howie Mandel, who's been there for years, but that Simon Cowell doesn't pay attention to social media Mm -hmm. stuff. But apparently, Gabrielle Union was incredibly popular with fans of the show, but she'd gotten this reputation on the show for being difficult. I have to admit, the racism allegations are obviously very serious, her hairstyles being too black, but... Initially, when I had heard about the smoking thing, I just thought like, oh, you know, whatever. That's so L.A., you Mm -hmm. know, people are like. But when you look into it further, it it is sort of problematic. So Simon Cowell is a big smoker and they shoot the show in this theater and he smokes on the set. And according to sources, this has been brought up to him before Mm -hmm. that producers, that people on the show, like crew people, have brought this up to him before because in California, it's actually a state law that you're not allowed to smoke inside. And so this was brought up to him as like a, a, a legal issue and like a violation on the set that was going on. The other thing is that apparently the dressing rooms, because it's in this theater, don't have solid walls. Mm-hmm. So they just have like carpeting and stuff sort of up. So sources close to Gabrielle Union had been alleging that the smoke was kind of like seeping into her dressing room Mm -hmm. and that she's allergic to smoke and was developing some sort of bronchial condition. I mean, as I said, like initially I was like, oh, so he smoked a cigarette inside. Okay, everyone's like freaking out. But it does sound like this was a pervasive issue on the show Mm -hmm. as well. Something to keep in mind is what tone does that set in the workplace that this one person the creator of the show gets to defy the law and here's gabrielle union 47 years old longtime career in hollywood still feeling like she has to work around him what kind of environment does that create right i i guess there was yeah i mean i think obviously the show is simon cowell's show and it's simon cowell's baby but i i think that one thing that we're seeing with all of these Situations in Hollywood now, whether it was sort of the Me Too stuff or these allegations, is that I think the rules used to be like if you were a big enough star or you had enough power, you basically could do whatever you wanted and people just had to go along with it. You know, the other thing I guess that Gabrielle Union got a reputation for being difficult for was she was asking the performers what pronoun they wanted to be referred to by, right? Mm-hmm. So rather than, I don't know, him or her, you know, whatever they preferred. And I guess people took um, exception to that. And that was also seen as a thing that she was being difficult about. But one thing in all of this whole scandal that's kind of gotten lost in like all of the bigger headlines that I found to be really interesting is how much the show seems to kind of manipulate the... I mean, you wouldn't be surprised, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like all of TV. It's like, you know, we all know like reality TV isn't really real and it's sort of semi-scripted in a lot of cases. But in this case, some of the reporting has said, for example, that among the racism claims, Gabrielle Union was um, 
a fan of there was a 10 year old black rapper on the show, right, named Dylan Gilmer. And apparently he was like a huge fan favorite on the show. Um, But then there have been reports that there was a meeting where producers of the show told the judges that they they needed to pick an act that America can get behind. And there was a suggestion that that act was a dance group from Texas that was made up of white contestants Mm -hmm. and that she couldn't sort of go ahead in her, you know, liking of this 10 year old black rapper. But so one thing about that that I just find interesting now, NBC um, sources have denied that that they said that, that they used that wording. But it's just interesting to me that as part of this, another thing that's coming up with America's Got Talent is that their production meetings where the producers are allegedly like telling the judges like, mm-hmm. this is the act that we want to win or we want you guys to push. Yeah, we're pulling back the curtain on America's Got Talent. Totally. And it seemed like such a squeaky clean show. And this is not the first time we've heard about stuff burning on America's Got Talent. Wasn't there some drama with Nick Cannon? Yeah, well, that's the thing is this the, the this story began really in 2017. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people didn't pay attention to it too right. much. But it was actually a very similar story in a certain way mm-hmm. where Nick Cannon, who had been the host of the show, did a Showtime stand-up comedy special and he alleged that NBC had told him that they didn't like his using the n-word in his stand-up routine Mm -hmm. and he basically then turned around and slammed NBC on social media and said that they were suppressing like he didn't want to work for a corporation that was suppressing his free speech right some more free speech is that Howard Stern who used to be a judge is now coming out against Cowell Right. So what did he say, Maggie? He's called it like an old boys club. He says that Cowell likes to rotate out the female judges for someone younger, hotter, and keeps these old, ugly men on the panel, which I'm like, wow, Howard Stern saying this? Someone who really was on the inside? like An old, ugly man himself. (laughs) I feel like what Gabrielle is saying is just the tip of the iceberg, and I'm very curious to hear what else was going on now that they've sat down for this five-hour meeting. Yeah, and there are other stars who have also been piling on this, too, like Sharon Osbourne, who had Mm -hmm. been on the show. She slammed NBC. She basically said her experience on America's Got Talent was very good, that the crew was great and everyone was great, but she had issues with NBC. Then Ronan Farrow went on The View, Mm -hmm. and he basically said that this is another example of the toxic culture at NBC. Wow. And, you know, he had obviously reported on the whole Matt Lauer thing, mm-hmm. and he and NBC have been in this whole war. America's Got Talent just seems like such a throwback, squeaky mm-hmm. clean show. So it just, right. this is so incongruous with the whole thing. And you're right that female judges like Heidi Klum, um, you know, have been rotated out, but they lasted for a few more years. Mm-hmm. So the ga- the thing with Gabrielle Union is that she was only on the show for a year and then they they said they needed to, you know, freshen up the show. But it just seems very odd. Cardi B is coming to her husband's defense after he was accused of hitting on Takashi 6ix9ine's girlfriend, Jade. Last week, Jade, who's been dating the gummo rapper while he's been locked up, posted a video to Instagram of a message allegedly sent by Offset. I miss you. For real, it read. 
After the message blew up on social media, Cardi was quick to defend her man, posting a series of videos claiming Offset had been hacked. Do you think he was actually hacked, Ian? This seems very Anthony Weiner to me. Didn't Anthony Weiner initially say that his phone had been hacked I love in one of his sexting scandals. I mean, it's actually pretty funny because the way in which, first of all, by the way, it didn't actually say, I miss you for real. It said, I miss you, FR, which I, I didn't really even know was for real. I, I had, had to, to offer a translation for our listeners. FR oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now I know. But um, yeah, the thing that's great is that Offset, and Cardi B is like buying this. I mean, she's saying, you know, his she posted her own video right mm-hmm. where they a had w- woken them. up in the morning and said like we've been we just woke up to this you know because the uh Takashi 69's um girlfriend Jade had said that she received this offset DM at 1 a.m. right and then so Cardi B said we just woke up and found out about this and then mysteriously, Maggie, after 1 a.m. when this alleged hacking happened, it happened Mm -hmm. after the I Miss You For Real message. There were posts that by Offset that said things like, I'm gay, y'all. Balls in my face and I lick ass cheeks. And one one of the... uh, So people are suspicious about this. And like, for example, one one Twitter user posted... um, This is what I used to do after DMing girls to make it seem like I got hacked. Oh, I love hack as defense. It's like, oh, you weren't into the fact that I missed you. FR, I've been hacked. I also think it's interesting that Jade's first thought was like, let me post this. Like, she's basically like, your wife has an open criminal case. You don't like, don't you respect her? Like, why must, why are we, why are we going to shade room levels here? Why wouldn't you just like message Cardi or message Offset? She's like, oh, just let her know instead of like posting this video, right? She also posted. And I say some... shade room levels with the utmost respect because I read it all the time. Yeah, she also <laughs> posted some lyrics from Cardi B's latest song as well. That's saying, "I'm the queen of talking bleep." I'll just say now I'm backing it up. So, all right. So then, what would her motivation be, Maggie? You think that this is a manufactured feud that Jade is trying? Maybe she to wants ignite? a little more attention. You know, she's got a lot of sexy pics or with Takashi in jail. I mean, the other thing, though, is that why I'm suspicious about this supposed hacking Mm -hmm. is that the the message that Offset DM'd her is I miss you for real is pretty like, I don't know, that sounds like a reasonable, like normal thing to say. It's (laughs) a lot different than balls in my face and I lick ass cheeks. I mean, why wouldn't the message why wouldn't the hacked message say something as loony as I'm gay y'all like you know what I mean like oh like the hacker is gonna be like yeah I'm gonna put out all these crazy things like I'm a hacker in Romania and like balls in my face that's a good one and then he's like but we'll send her I miss you for real this hacker is multifaceted yeah yeah the hacker There's, there's levels of feelings to this hack I also think it was interesting that Cardi was like, let me post videos defending Offset, helping his story that it was a hack. And we have a clip. Hey, guys. So as you can see, this guy Instagram has been hacked. Now, let me tell you something. My bad. We just we look crazy. We just woke up. But anyways, I know he done. We everybody know he done some dumb shit. But come on. Man. We've been so good. Life has been good. He doesn't going to play himself like that. That's why I'm not entertaining it. That's why I'm not getting no rowdy. And she's like, hey, everyone, I just woke up. 
Meanwhile, Cardi B goes to sleep with a full face of makeup on, which she cannot do any longer. She's 27. It's going to age her real fast. That's a bad. That's we gotta, bad. We got to wipe the do? eye makeup Pons? off. You can pawns. You can micellar water. You can do a ton of stuff. Anyway, I was shocked. <laughs> so the other thing, Maggie, that I think seems suspicious about this hacking story, even though Cardi B has bought into it, is this whole scandal has a very similar ring to it of something that happened literally exactly one year ago, which is when Offset was caught texting with Summer. Remember, do you remember Summer Bunny? Does that ring a bell? It's vaguely, you you? vaguely. So Offset one year ago was caught texting a woman named Summer Bunny and trying to set up a menage a trois. <laughs> Aren't you glad you could speak a French? Three way. As you Set do. up a three way with her and another female rapper named Cuban Doll. Do you remember? Yeah, Cuban, Cuban Doll. Doll. Mm-hmm. And then Summer Bunny made a tearful video herself. In any event, when he texted them, he just said, like, I want you and Cuban. Can you make that happen? Which sounds sort of similar to the I miss you FR rather than the old, I can't stop saying balls <laughs> in my face. I don't know why. I don't care. But I mean, Offset's like scandalous side hustles here have led to some pretty serious implications for Cardi. I mean, what's her criminal case about? Ordering a hit on women who are apparently sleeping oh, with Offset. Yeah, that's a great like, point. So if she's now like, it was a hack, I'm like, oh, because you learned you can't just like go into clubs and throw bottles at people. Right. And she, <laughs> exactly. I forgot about that. That's a great point, yeah. Maggie. Because I, I remember like I'm a little criminal. It's hard to keep track of some of these cases, yeah. you know, but... um. You're right. It was directly related to the mm-hmm. jealousy over Offset. And she did say, you know, well, he's done some stupid stuff in the past, but like he wouldn't do that now. I mean, do you remember also the last time that he was caught in this summer bunny Cuban doll menagerie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Summer bunny Cuban doll situation. Cardi B said that they were going to she, that they were breaking up, right? Mm-hmm. She said they had fallen out of love and it might take a while to get a divorce, but that it, it was over um, because of this thing. And then do you remember after she posted that, that they were going to get a divorce, mm-hmm. he wrote one year ago, y'all won. Sort of meaning like I got caught. Yeah. Like the social media world has like busted me, my text leak. Like he threw in the towel this time in the video, he was in the background with their baby culture, and he was just sort of chiming in here and there. But, like, I don't know. Th- this just is very reminiscent to me of mm-hmm. something that happened a year ago. Right. And the last time it was resulting in an impending divorce, and this time she's like, oh, it's no big deal? Or, like, he wouldn't do something like that. Basically, like, how she is this says different? in the video, like, he's done a lot of dumb bleep, but, like, he's not that dumb drinking the kool-aid cardi i don't know yeah i don't know i mean i also think the last time i mean all these celebrity relationships the breakups and the reconciliations mm-hmm. and the even all of it i mean you always have to take it with a large grain of salt and if this is all part you know, the last time i think people like when they got back together people accused it of being kind of a publicity stunt. People accused the whole relationship of being for publicity. I mean, obviously, I mean, they, they got married together. in secret in 2017, and then there was this whole elaborate like proposal and 
when they broke up, she was performing and he arrived on stage oh, holding all yeah. these flowers and caught her off guard and people were mad about that. Like, let her do her thing. Stop impending on her professional life as a performer. So I feel like these two crave a certain level of drama. You know, it adds to their star power and they're known as this powerhouse couple. And this is keeping us interested in them and giving them lots to rap about. Yeah, we're talking about it. To quote Offset himself, they do everything for clout. And to quote the hacker, pilot ass cheeks, (laughs) balls in my face. Congratulations are in order for Emma Stone because the La La Land star just got engaged to SNL writer and segment director Dave McCary. The pair met in 2016 when Stone hosted the show. Now, they aren't the only couple to find love in Studio 8H. Ben Affleck dated producer Lindsay Shookus. Pete Davidson is dating nearly everyone in Hollywood. And Scarlett Johansson is engaged to marry Weekend Update anchor Colin Jost. Now, is SNL become a breeding ground for new romance? It seems that way, right? Because Emma Stone met this guy, Dave McCrary, when she starred on SNL in 2016 and he directed a segment that she was in. So why date when you can just book a spot on SNL, <laughs> meet the love of your or life? why have Tinder? Yeah. It's like the new celebrity. Totally. Raya, so 2019. Yeah, right. It's replaced Raya. I have to say, though, Maggie, that... When I saw this story, okay, pop up, it was like Emma Stone engaged, right? Because she announced it on social media or showed this engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And I actually forgot. I mean, it's my job to know who's dating who, I, you know. But I had forgotten that she was even dating this guy. They've been together since 2017, but they've kept their coupledom pretty private. Right. And so I, I forgot about Dave McCreary. Then I saw Emma Stone engage, and I and I'm like, ooh, this broke because it, it it was like uh, popped up at night, and I clicked on it and I looked at it and I was like, oh, and then like I was like, oh, I'm all excited. Who's Emma Stone engaged to? And then it was like, I was like, uh, and so not to throw cold water on true love, <laughs> Maggie, but like this is like the most. It's so boring. I know, but you have to wonder if this is in direct response to the widespread media speculation about her relationship with Andrew Garfield. They were together for what, like five years? Right. Constantly photographed together, on carpets together. Will they or won't they get married? Are they engaged in secret? Like she's got to be... You could only imagine she would want to go a different route with this guy. That's a good point. I mean, I think if you are the actual celebrity, it's good to be with a normal person because you're right. When she was with Andrew Garfield, they were on and off. And then every single time, you know, they would both be at an award show together Mm -hmm. or they'd be at the Golden Globes and or he would say hi to her. There was like another tabloid story like mm-hmm. they reunited at right. the Golden Globes and like what did it mean? And it was like the age of innocence where the batting of an eyelash can mean, you know, so much. And it what and they were constantly asking questions, being asked questions about their relationship when they had, you know, broken up. So that must be annoying. And I could mm-hmm. see where you want to go for a normal guy. But if you're a gossip columnist. It's boring when these people just go for regular people because it's more fun to write about movie stars being together. It's like this this Jennifer Lawrence, you know, got engaged to or is now married to Cook Maroney, who is just like a dude, you know. And so it's better for the celebrity, worse for the tabloids. 
Because no one cares. Yeah. And we work in very close proximity to where they shoot Saturday Night Live at Rockefeller Center. We should just go over there and hang out so outside and now, skulk around. When I'm getting lunch, I'm just on like oh, yeah. high alert for one, babes for me who work at SNL. Two, someone that a famous person could be dating. Oh yeah, you should go for an <laughs> SNL person. Do you um do you see NS so we are building actually shares like this underground sort of concourse that's basically like a kind of mall slash food court mm-hmm. with 30 Rock. But do you see SNL people down there? Like I only I have. see NBC News people. So years ago I was getting a salad at Nanoosh. You know Nanoosh. Oh, it's delicious. And Fred Armisen walked in to get a salad in there. Everyone was like, hey, Fred. And he was like, hey, guys. I'm like, oh, Fred Armisen eats a salad here all the time. He's like you could tell. so Nanoosh. You know what's too <laughs> bad? that You know in L.A., like you go to your dry cleaner mm-hmm. in L.A. and they have like pictures up. It's an yeah. illustration of like every star who goes there. And you're like, Joyce DeWitt from Three's Company <laughs> goes here. And like Courtney Cox. But like no picture of Fred Armisen in Nanoosh. No, none. I mean, it's New York. We're too it's cool for that. Yeah, it's true. The other thing about this Emma Stone thing, which I thought, I feel bad because like I really like Emma Stone. I mean, who cares whether I like Emma Stone? I, I think she's a great actress. She seems super cool. You know, I've nothing against Emma Stone, but I'm also going to say that the engagement ring, mm-hmm. which Page Six Style exclusively figured out what this ring was, right. right? To me, it seemed like very underwhelming. I don't know if I'm just like a super snob. I mean, maybe it's cool. It's a pearl ring. It's mm-hmm. not really a diamond ring, and it costs like forty seven hundred bucks. It's from Cat. Bird, which is a small jeweler, Brooklyn-based jeweler, and they make kind of interesting, unique jewelry. They have a lot of nice stuff. And they have like three different locations. Mm -hmm. So it's an untreated Akoya pearl set on a solid gold, 18-carat solid gold band with tiny diamonds in a snowflake motif. Boring. What are you going to wear in the summer? Where's your summer motif? Yeah, I think- You got to wear that ring every day. The thing that's also weird is it's just like- and I don't know, I, this makes me seem like a jerk, I realize, and a total douche, but it also looks like if you go on their website, it's just like a ring that they just have like in stock. Like mm-hmm. anyone can go online and like click on that and order like it. it wasn't like, designed for her. Yeah, it wasn't. There's it's nothing not like- not an heirloom. Right. And it's, it's like- vintage. Keep going. I mean, these are the things it's that not, women talk about when your friend gets weird. And I also like, think it's like, if if you're a regular dude- and you're getting engaged to a movie star. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I understand that maybe you don't want to like, you're like, she's, we're regular people. We're not like that, you know? So I'm going to get her this regular person ring. But it's like in the circles in which Emma Stone is traveling, she can't show up with that, can she? I mean, doesn't she? Because she's wearing. Her style. I guess. Or maybe she wanted it. Maybe she, who knows? Or, or you know, whatever. I mean, she has to borrow a lot of jewelry for like award shows right. and events l- and stuff. That's what I've been thinking about a lot. If you can wear a million dollars worth of diamonds, like millions and millions, every time she goes to an award show, there's like a bodyguard with her for her necklaces and whatever. Does it lose its appeal? Do diamonds mean nothing? I could see her in something a little more vintage, something with a backstory. She has a very classic look. I see her with like a night in my mind when I imagine Emma Stone, I'm thinking about her in like a nineteen twenties get up. Yeah, all you the know time. what I would have gone for if I were getting engaged to Emma Stone, what? which is so not happening. Um <laughs> I and I if I had to get Emma Stone a non diamond mm-hmm. engagement 
ring, I would have gone for like an emerald. Yes. Because I feel like redheads look very good in emerald. Yeah. Like emerald green and redheads. Is that a thing? It's a thing. I mean, I'm currently accepting emeralds if anyone out there would like to well, send me some. Well, you're currently a redhead. Currently and you're a redhead. always a redhead. Always a redhead. Always owning zero emeralds. So I would like <laughs> to add some to my collection. I would have gone for like a vintage emerald, yeah. like a Harry Winston yeah. vintage old Hollywood like emerald ring totally with the diamonds on the side right i also just been like bam there you go emma stone what's up we're engaged i just wonder if this guy is out of his depth with jewelry you know i just i don't know we'll see if it lasts god that makes me seem like such a jerk basically i've like thrown cold water on this romance said it's totally boring she married a regular guy said the ring sucks and that it's not gonna last why it's just being like a hater you want more for Emma Stone. I do. Well, also the stone. I mean, her name is Stone. Yeah. So it should be a stone. A pearl isn't even a stone. She didn't come out of the ocean. Why should her ring? I don't know what that means, but Pearls I'm going to go Pearls come out of the ocean. She's a stone. She's of the earth. She's not. Oh, I, uh, I'm too dumb to understand that reference, Maggie. It's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's take a look in the Page Six vault to see what ancient celebrity juicy exclusive we've uncovered from yesteryear. Back in 2007, Page Six published a story with the headline, Flip Flop Stampede at Basel. Back then we wrote, there are signs the art Basel Convention in Miami, which attracts hordes of celebrities with no actual interest in art, has jumped the shark. As socialite Helen Lee Shifter observed, the convention is filled with quote, jaded Johns and art tarts who mock the whole experience, as well as, quote, lime green polyester, fanny packs, and flip-flops, just like Disney World. Among the non-collectors was Yankee Alex Rodriguez, who left his pregnant wife Cynthia home to party with Owen Wilson and Woody Harrelson. The next day, the couple went to Nobu and, quote, had a two-hour dinner and didn't say a word to each other, our spy said. Not one word. It was weird. Nothing to talk about at Nobu. Yeah. Well, they ended up, A-Rod and uh, Cynthia divorced um, a year later in 2008. So maybe the seeds were planted there at our Basel. The only thing, though, I will say is A-Rod probably read this item because he actually did become an art collector and was mm. known for having an art collection. It did have like a pretty fancy art advisor. Amazing. There's yeah. also like a weird connection here, which is... So A-Rod leaves his pregnant wife, Cynthia, to party with Owen Wilson. A-Rod is now engaged to J-Lo, and J-Lo has starred in movies with Owen Wilson. Yeah, she's currently filming a movie with Owen Wilson Yeah, called Marry Me. I love it. Which is what A-Rod said to J-Lo. And she said yes. That's true. <laughs> Two celebrities getting married. Yeah. The way it should be, The way Maggie. it should be. They'll have plenty to talk about at Nobu. Also, I love that we are panning what people wear to Basel. Something that I think the Post has done very well in the past is kind of uh, laid into people for how they dress when they attend cultural events like the theater. Like I remember a few years ago, we had a great piece that was like, don't wear shorts to Broadway. Totally. This is like lime green polyester fanny packs and flip flops. Oh, it's great. I mean, although this presaged the fanny pack, the fashionable fanny pack boom that came back Pack is back but yeah i think that this shows like at the beginning of the show i was saying that art basel was seen as sort of being really over and this shows like how long people have been talking about it being over i mean 2007 
So Also, flip-flop stampede is really a bold headline because have you ever tried to run in flip-flops? It's difficult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've totally tried to run in flip-flops all yeah. the time. I'm often chased at the pool. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have flip-flops right now. That like, makes me I have like no, you even more. I literally do not own a pair of flip-flops anymore. First of all, I always thought wearing flip-flops in New York was really odd because like at any time a rat could jump on your foot like anywhere you are. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like literally like that, no. And then just, yeah, like the garbage and the stuff. So much of being a New Yorker is like planning what to do when rats become our overlords. And let me tell you, I'll be wearing oh. a comfortable, well-fitting shoe that I could run quickly. In. Yeah, no, or you want something you can kick the rat. <laughs> kick, you can't kick run. the rat in the in the flip-flop. <laughs> right in the flip-flop. <laughs> All right, that's it for this episode of We Here. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more of the hottest celebrity news and gossip by signing up for our newsletter and by visiting page6.com. We'll be back next Monday with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.